everybody. Welcome back to the Glass Eats Podcast. This is our show where two hockey aficionados discuss their perspectives on headlines surrounding the NHL, including recent stories, game highlights, league culture, and other topics trending amongst the fans. This is Vidi. My name is Mernal, and last week we talked NHL draft, and this week, it's free agency. Free baby. agency time. Let's go. So this whole show, we are talking free agency. Uh, the way we've organized this is we've picked some of our favorite teams to talk about. So if we don't get to your favorite team, we're sorry. But uh, I think we picked the ones that are interesting to discuss, obviously, contracts that they have signed. So um, some of the teams that we won't be able to get to today uh, that I'm going to mention really quick here, Anaheim Ducks signed Radko Gudix and Alex Killorn to fortify their lineup. Quite a few RFAs left for them to sign, including Troy Terry and Trevor Zegras. Boston Bruins bring in James Van, Re- James Van Riemsdyk, Milan Lucic, and Kevin Shattenkirk. Um, also losing out on Tyler Bertuzzi and Dmitry Orlov going to other teams. And the big question for them, still have Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci to sign. Uh, Steve Eiserman in Detroit brings in a lot of players ahead of his young guys. Justin Hall, Clem Costin, James Reiner, Daniel Sprong, JT Comfer, Shane Gostisbehere, and Alex Leon are all Detroit Red Wings now. And um, Florida as well, bringing in Oliver ekman Larson and Anthony Stolares. Los Angeles, bringing in Cam Talbot. Uh, and Dave Riddick, along with uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, who we talked about last episode. Uh, Nashville bringing in Luke Shen, Gustav Nyquist, and Ryan O'Reilly for their front front end. Those are some of the teams that we won't be able to get to today, but um, did make some big moves here on free agency. But what we are covering today are three teams that we think made some really interesting moves. The New York Rangers, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And we're also going to get into Eric Carlson later down in the line, the big move remaining for this offseason of where Eric Carlson is going to go. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about starting out in New York? Um, I, don't, I can't really say I understand what the hell they're doing. Uh, <laughs> seems like a lot of old guys that they're signing on one-year deals. Um, again, uh, they, they were eliminated in Game 7 uh, against the New Jersey Devils, their rivals. Um, and I'm not really sure if they're trying to uh, you know, get that veteran presence in or some sort of leadership or some cup experience a lot of the players they have signed have at least one cup under the belt. Um, but it is a lot of, you know, older guys on one year contracts all under $1 million. Um, yeah, I can't say I really understand the strategy, uh, but it does look like New York is turning into a retirement home a little bit. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, just to break down a little bit on what these exact contracts are, uh, they've signed Blake Wheeler, who is a center or a right winger, and he there he signed for eight hundred thousand for one year. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Quick, goalie, signed for eight hundred and twenty-five k for one year. Nick Bonino, also a center, signed for eight hundred k for one year. And Tyler Pitlick, right wing, signed for seven hundred and eighty-seven thousand for one year. And Eric Gustafson, defenseman, signed for eight hundred and twenty-five thousand for one year. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you're saying it's kind of becoming like a bit of a retirement home, and these are all like kind of older guys. Yeah. You know, what this really looks like to me is something I would expect to see around trade deadline time. But it looks like they're getting their shopping just done early. You know, these but are... But is that going to... Why? <laughs> maybe because these players won't be available trade deadline time. Mm. You know, I think you have to make these moves when you have it. And what we've seen in free agency this year, especially with a lower cap or not as much cap increase, um, teams are getting creative. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to... Take the opportunity when it's there. Mm-hmm. And right now, you have the opportunity for Jonathan Quick and Blake Wheeler. Jonathan Quick, in particular, I think is important to do now because that gives your starting goalie, Igor Shesterkin, who's one of the best goalies in this league, mm-hmm. time to rest because Quick can take some games off of him. Yeah. 
and New York had no trouble in um, getting into the playoffs. They were comfortably in one of the division spots. Mm -hmm. So even if Quick isn't very good and they drop a game or two here, it's not catastrophic. Yeah. So um, that sign, making that signing early, I think makes sense. Um, Blake Wheeler and Nick Bonino, I think you're just kind of shoring up a bit of your depth there. And um, it might just be padding because they have two RFAs that are not signed yet. Um, one is Alexis Lafreniere, former first round pick, who's still not signed. Yeah. And the other is Keandre Miller, who is a star on defense, mm-hmm. um, also not signed. And both of these are young guys who they don't haven't um, brought back into the fold yet. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is just uh, padding for if they don't come back, you have at least someone to fill in your lineup. Right. That makes sense. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I do see that. I especially see the whole the argument, you know, like trying to get them while they're out there. Uh, the one question I have is, does this work anymore? I mean, does this strategy work anymore? I can't remember the last time a bunch of old guys on a team won together, besides maybe Detroit in the in the early 2000s or something. I mean... Or late 2000s. I guess. I mean, defines depends on what you call as old, right? Like, Vegas just won. They didn't... They weren't like... 23 year olds right but these are these guys are definitely past their prime all of them i think all the all Mm -hmm. the contracts you just listed out i'm pretty sure they're all past their prime well that's the thing is um new york has a bunch of young players right they have uh capo caco um if they get lafreniere back which i think they should they Mm -hmm. have chris Kreider. yeah they have artemi panarin yeah so i think they didn't need to change their core yeah so this is all just padding and I think there's two strategies to padding, right? One is what you're seeing here where they get a bunch of guys with experience and know how to win who can guide young players. Mm-hmm. The other is you get a bunch of young players because they're cheap and fast. Right. So this is like the old other strategy of trying to guide their youth. Yeah. And I think um, the biggest thing I think this gives them is flexibility. Yeah. Because you can change your lineup every night. Mm-hmm. And I think we also have to keep in mind their new head coach is Peter LaViolette. Mm-hmm. Who I forgot about that. Yeah. Values true. veterans. That is true. Yeah. So I think this is a little bit of just tweaking the roster to fit your coach yeah. and hoping that brings you results. Yeah, that makes sense. But do you think they're going to let uh, Lafreniere and Keandre Miller um, dip, basically? I, I hope not. So they're, they're uh, restricted free agents, right? So worst yeah. case is it goes to arbitration. They have to pay them something. Yeah. And then it's a matter of what cap space you can get. Yeah. Right? I'm um, not sure what the Rangers cap space is looking like. Because at first, initially, I thought they were maybe holding out for like I don't know, maybe they were, they're, these were big contract negotiations. We've seen that in the past with, um, you know, the Toronto situation. Um, I think it was Nylander and Marner a couple of years ago. They had this uh, kind of holdout for a while. But I don't know if this is the case here. Yeah, so I just pulled up their cap friendly. As of this recording on Thursday, July 6th, the Rangers have about $6 million in cap space. Okay. That should be enough to bring those two in. But I think you that think? is the plan. Hmm. As RFAs, like, okay. Lafreniere had a lot of hype as yeah. a first overall pick. I mean, that's what I mean. You don't think he, they're going to just hand him a like a, a six million eight, no. eight year contract? No, he hasn't earned that. He yeah, hasn't but been good. How half the players in the NHL don't earn contracts nowadays? No, but this is when you have an RFA. The whole point is you can get away with underpaying them. That's true. Yeah. They're not UFAs. That right? is true. Um, for those of you who don't know the difference, RFAs restricted free agents. Uh, cannot go to any team. They mm-hmm. have to stay with the team that they are currently signed on. They're just negotiating a new contract. Um, you can think of it that way. And what happens here is they can file for salary arbitration where they have a neutral arbitrator 
uh, look at the stats, look at what um, the player thinks he should be paid, what the team thinks he should be paid, mm-hmm. and come up with an arbitrary, okay, this is the salary that you should be, that we're going to go with. More often than not, it's somewhere in the middle of the two, uh, what the player thinks and what the team thinks. Yeah. UFAs, unrestricted free agents, are free to go wherever. Yeah. So, and get um, paid whatever, too. Yeah. So that's the difference here. Right now, when these two players are negotiating, they're only negotiating with New York. Yeah. So um, the Rangers do have some advantage here and can afford to pay them a little bit less than what their market value might be. Mm-hmm. If you look at how they're used, um, Lafreniere in particular is a third line player. Yeah. They're not, they shouldn't pay him yeah, six if, mil. <laughs> are you kidding me? Nah. Six mil for two players, right? And I think Keandre Miller might, if you pay them both around. So you think three and three or like four and two or. Yeah, something like that. Like, I don't think either one of them goes above four, right? Okay. So now if you even pay them four and four, you got to make a little bit of cap room, which is doable. Mm. Flexibility is the biggest thing for them right now. Yeah. And if they can't get these young guys at the contract they want, at least they have someone to fill in the space. Yeah. And also the adaptability with the whole... Um, I honestly totally forgot that Peter Lively is their coach now. Um, yeah, he does like his veteran presence. If I mean, you really... You do have to adapt to the coach to an extent. Obviously, usually the coach is the one that's thrown under the bus. We've discussed that in the podcast uh, in the past. Um, but you know you you, at the end of the day you're trying to win a cup uh you gotta make sure the parts work together same way same way as a car in formula one everything's gotta like streamline and work together you know um adapt to the coach adapt to the players whatever the strategy is there should be a strategy and i think the rangers may have found it and yeah it's probably through the flexibility and adaptability yeah honestly all these contracts are very movable Mm -hmm. and i think like i said when vegas won flexibility is your biggest asset right now yeah yeah. Another team, uh, if we're okay, moving on from New York here. Yeah, yeah. Another team that didn't really take that much into mind is Toronto. Yeah. A lot of money, and they're very up against the cap. Kind of the polar opposite of what the Rangers are right now. Man, Toronto's on... Cap hell is like an understatement, I think. Yeah, so um, just listing out the moves they did here. Uh, Ryan Reeves, right winger, signed for $1.35 million for three years. Uh, Why? John Klingberg. <laughs> Why? defenseman signed for 4.15 million for one year yeah tyler bertuzzi winger signed for 5.5 million for one year max domi center and winger signed for three million for one year um players that are no longer with toronto ryan o'reilly goes to nashville nola chari goes to pittsburgh michael bunting goes to carolina eric gustafson goes to new york justin hall goes to detroit luke shen goes to nashville Eric Shelgren goes to New Jersey, and Victor Mete goes to Philly. Um, they still have goalie Ilya Samsonov left to sign, who is mm-hmm. an RFA. Mm-hmm. A lot of movement in Toronto. I have no idea how the hell to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the uh, bottom line is they haven't. They're currently about $8 million over the salary cap. Yeah, that core four. You're so... The only way I see this actually happening, given these signings, which some of them I don't understand at all. I understand they need to you know, have like the tough guys or whatever. Um, so I, I know I said why to the Ryan Reeves contract, but looking at some of these other ones, that might be the most logical one of the, of the, of the, the new players that came in. Um, they really, they handed out a lot of one year contracts, but like big value. So I'm trying to, is that has something to do with the Austin Matthews contract or something? I have no idea, but to get past some of this, like, you know, eight mil, over the cap issues, I think they're going to have to blow up the score for, or they're going to have to get a combination of, you know, Nylander and, and, and Murray or something, or it's, yeah, I don't know how I, I don't see the core four coming back. I literally do not think it's possible. 
Yeah. Um, just to clarify what you're saying, the core four in Toronto is William Nylander, Mitchell Marner, John Tavares, and Austin Matthews, mm-hmm. who are make up their most of their forward core. Yeah. And they've kind of spent the past five years getting bounced out of the playoffs early, right? Yeah. Only once have they made it to the second round. That was this year. And they won one game. Yeah. And I think their response is to look at what Vegas did and look at what Florida did and be like, we need to get tougher, right? Yeah. So it's they've signed players like Ryan Reeves, Tyler Bertuzzi, Max Domi, who are known for having that grit. Mm-hmm. And like what you're saying, some of these are pretty big value, right? Like yeah. uh, Tyler Bertuzzi for 5.5 That's million. nearly six mil for a one year. I, what? I, why? I, what is that? I understand he's a skilled player and he's also a tough guy, but you need him that bad? I don't know. And John Klingberg for 4.1 million, almost 4.2 million. I don't understand. Yeah. 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 And then Ryan Reeves at 1.3 seems okay. Yeah. But you signed him for three years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's easy to move contract for sure. But uh, yeah, I. Is it that easy to move? Who wants Ryan Reeves? For those of you who aren't, but it's familiar, only 1.3. So. Yeah, but what, I'm just to have one million sitting around? For those of you who aren't familiar with Ryan Reeves' game, he contributes nothing to hockey. He's there to beat people up. Yes. <laughs> That's the long and short of it. Boxer on skates. Yeah. Yes. So who in the modern NHL has just one million kicking around for a guy to beat people up? That's true. Yeah, everyone's circumventing the cap anyways. Unless you're so. shipping him to Arizona to make the cap floor or something. Yeah. But yeah, Arizona's not even going to be a team in a couple years. So... <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> they're trying hard. Man. Yeah, they're trying hard. But like, yeah, now that you mention it, three years is uh, two years. I could understand. It's like they went for term where they shouldn't have, and they went for cap hit where they shouldn't have. So like, they, you think they should have done three mil and one year? That would have been better, I think. Yeah, I and mean, then if you had Bertuzzi at three mil, but for three years, yeah. See, what even even for these players, like, wouldn't you? I I don't see Bertuzzi or Klingberg. Maybe not even Domi coming back to Toronto or even staying the whole year. Maybe they get traded at the deadline. As a player, sure, you, you, you get your five five point five million, your three million, whatever, in one year. Big mm-hmm. big pay year, I guess you could say. Then what? There, where's the stability in that at all? I don't know. Like, there, there is no stability. I'm yeah. looking at their cap friendly. Okay, so they have a full roster for this coming season, 23-24. Yeah. 24-25, all of these players, I'm going to name them off, are free agents. Austin Matthews, William Nylander, Tyler Bertuzzi, Max Domi, Sam Lafferty, Dylan Gambrell, TJ Brody, John Klingberg, Timothy Lilligren, Mark Giordano, Matt Murray. These are UFAs? Uh, they're all UFA except for Timothy Lilligren, who's RFA. Yeah, so tough. after this year, the year after, yeah, there, there's no one. You have uh, Tavares and Marner and then people so is this like kind of a we have to do it this year or we're gonna blow it all up again no this is a either we have to do it this year or we have to get some people freaking resigned yeah they're already trying to resign william nylander that's not going well wow so they want willie to be coming around eight million and he's asking for around 10 million i mean which makes sense given how overpaid uh Marner and matthews are yeah and uh if you remember overpaid, the last, in quotes yeah. from the last round of negotiations um willie was a first to resign yes yeah took it at 6.9 mil and then saw everybody else get 10 plus yeah and that that i remember that negotiation took a while a lot of the fans got mad at him um, yeah because he held out yeah he held out and but so did martyr and martyr got what almost three mil more on, on average per year i mean and it's not like i don't know i i think william nylander of the core four is definitely the best value 
But I remember when he did sign, there was a big holdout and fans were pissed about it. And rightfully, I think he kind of got screwed out of this deal a little bit. And he's the one who shows up in the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't know. But like the bigger issue in Toronto is, like I said, they're eight million over the cap. And how do you fix this? Yeah. What is yeah, it? Wh- who are you going to move? Yeah. I, I, if you had to fix this, let's say the season started tomorrow. What are you doing? What am I doing? Yeah. I'm trading one of the core four. I'm trading like Tavares or something or Martyr. I, I don't even know. I wouldn't have signed Bertuzzi to 5.5. <laughs> yeah, that too. That's what I would have done. Yeah. Right? Is that like contributing to their... It, that's probably the biggest contributor to their yeah. over 8 mil. Bertuzzi and Max Domi make up 8 million. Mm-hmm. I would have signed Reeves. Probably left it at that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, if you have Reeves on the ice, I don't know. And I, this, is, this is... I'm taking with the assumption that I can't touch the core four. Because that seems like what leadership wants to do, right? Um, but why? If you remember when Dubis was uh, going through his old change, he yeah. mentioned, oh, I might want to change it. Yeah. And then he was gone. Not because of that, but mm-hmm. he was gone after that, mm-hmm. right? And it seems like whoever has come in, Brandon Shanahan being the president, mm-hmm. and the owners don't want to touch the core four. Mm-hmm. So if you're not touching the core four, then you don't have room to sign Bertuzzi and Domi. Also, why them? <laughs> like, what? I mean, it's for grit. There's no... You bottom had, line so ryan, what is ryan reeves for what we just talked about yeah all three are for grit so grit and extra grit at six million almost yes that's exactly what they've done <sighs> one to beat up florida one to beat up boston one to beat up new york what if they don't even make the playoffs yeah <laughs> who knows <laughs> okay that's well, what like, i don't i don't get what's happening here yeah. right maybe this is just we're still in the transition phase yeah. of um moving from dubis to brad Living. And we, this isn't the full vision. Yeah. Maybe come start of the season, we'll be singing a different tune on this show. Yeah. But as of right now, I don't know what the hell's happening. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I'm really, we're really trying to understand what's happening here and why these decisions were made, especially yeah. given all the, the, if this core four you're trying to preserve needs uh, contracts next year. I don't know what the hell you're trying to do with eight mil over the cap. You're already putting yourself, you're kind of already shooting yourself in the foot before you have basically the biggest uh, off season of your life as a franchise next season. Yeah. I'm not sure what the strategy is here, really. Honestly, if you were going to move on from the core, right? Like, you asked me what I would do. I, I, first off, I wouldn't assign Bertuzzi and Domi if I was keeping the core. Mm-hmm. If I'm not keeping the core, then I'm looking at William Nylander and probably, like you said, John Tavares mm-hmm. to move out, get some young guys in, right? Yeah. Um, because you're not moving out Austin Matthews. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. yeah. Mitch Marner really wants to play for your team. I think you keep those two. That's like your dynamic duo. Yeah. Um, and then you have your number one defenseman and Morgan Riley. That too, they don't, their top goalie, Samsonov, isn't signed yet. Yeah. And you're already 8 million they over. Could, yeah, they could. There's a potential of them being absolute Swiss cheese next year. Yeah. This coming year. <laughs> yeah. And um, at some point, they were in the Eric Carlson conversation. Yeah. But now luck. I think with John Klingberg, they're out. Good luck. Yeah. But, um, you know, I don't mind the John Klingberg signing, to be honest. They've needed a right shot defenseman for a long time, and I think he fits in well there. But one year? Is, is that a concern? Um, or I think that... it's a prove-it deal because he's 30, and he didn't have the true. best of seasons. That is true, yeah. So if, I think if he does well, he'll get more. Yeah. Because um, also the advantage they have is they're expecting the salary cap to go up by 3 or $4 million next year. Got it. So you're giving yourself some flexibility for that. Got it. Okay. But like I mentioned, there's so many UFAs here. Well, yeah, they have a lot they need to resign. They need a goalie to resign, even if the cap does go up three or four mil. This yeah. and Klingberg has a good year and asks for more. 
you're still kind of shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, they're all going to ask for more. You, yeah. what, you think Matthews isn't going to ask for more? Of course he is. Yeah. Oh, man. Toronto fans. It, brace for it. Brace for it back, let's say. It's yeah. going to be rough. Like, yeah. you've got to make... There's some serious surgery left on this roster. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they do before yeah. the deadline. They should have kept Dubas. Yeah. The magic man. Speaking of Dubas, let's move on to the Penguins, shall we? Let's do it. So, we have... Uh, Nolachari signs a two mil, uh, three year contract. Ryan Graves, 4.5 mil, six years. Tristan Yari, which don't understand this contract at all, 5.375 for five years. Not a great goalie, but they're going all in on him, so I'm not going to question it. Uh, a couple other smaller signings Matt Nieto, 900K for two years. Um, Lars Eller, 2.45 mil for two years. Um, players lost Josh Archibald, Nick Benino, Drake Kajula. Um, and I believe they're also in the Eric Carlson sweepstakes still, as of today. Yeah, as of today, I think it's Pittsburgh and Carolina, yeah. which we can get to at the end of this. But some of these contracts are questionable, mm-hmm. to put it lightly. Which ones specifically? Ryan Graves and Tristan Jari. Yeah, I agree. Ryan Graves is a good defenseman, but six they years? They overpaid. And yeah, that too. Six years? Yeah. Why? I don't... How old is he? I'm going to look it up, actually. Ryan Graves, he came from Jersey, I believe. Yeah, he's a free um, agent from Jersey. Ryan Graves is 28. Just looked it up. So six years, so he'll be 34, which is a little bit on the older side for a defenseman, I suppose. But Yeah, but you did you need Ryan Graves this badly? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to trust Dubas on this one. Um, the one... So the one I have a hard time understanding... it. Okay, before we move on to the Tristan Yari contract, which I really am baffled by... Um, yeah. Is the Ryan Graves contract uh, unmovable? Like, there's a is a full no trade clause. No, he has a modified no trade clause, um, so he can submit a twelve team no trade list for mm-hmm. this season and next, and then for the rest of it, it's an eight team no trade. List. Got so it. it is very movable. Got it. So I'm thinking maybe the reason they signed him for that was, uh, let's say he does have a big, bigish year um, or two years, whatever. And at some point, they if they do need to trade him, I feel like that would make for really good uh, deadline bait. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's just a big turnaround they can get. They're like, oh, look at this contract. Look at the the way he's been performing. Is it Carlson bait? Carlson bait? You think we're gonna get Graves for him? Said maybe, uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I I because especially with the Carlson contract, that's tricky because of how much San Jose is not budging to retain 50% at all. So Yeah, so likely it seems like San Jose will retain like 25 to 30%. Yeah. And then some other third team will have to get involved. Yeah. Pittsburgh is also over the cap right now, by the way. How by 1.5 million. Okay, well, that's that's doable, yeah. So, I mean, I, I do like the uh, the Nolachari signing, I'm not going to lie. Um, Lars Eller signing too. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. The, the Tristan Yard, it seems like um, since the, uh, if you want to call it the glory days, since, uh, they went back to back goaltending has probably been one of their biggest issues. And Tristan Yard has shown time and time again that I don't think he was the guy. So this contract is really kind of out of the blue for me. Is it, they ran out of options or I don't know. I five years for, there were 5.3 for five years when he didn't really prove himself in my opinion. I think this is a mental game. Tristan Jari when you put no pressure on him, it's decently well. Yeah. But it's big moments where he falters, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe this is saying, hey, 
You have Chill. five years. Yeah. Don't sweat it. Mm-hmm. And I, mean, I think this is that type of mental game. Got it. Okay. Though I would like to point out that a lot of the time in Toronto, Dubis' problem is also goaltending. Yeah. Maybe he's Ooh. just bad at getting goaltenders. Mm, That's the other go. flip side of this coin. Yeah. But um, they, they also signed another goalie, Alex Ndelkovic from uh, Jersey. Oh, yeah. For yeah, 1.5 yeah. million. Mm-hmm. That gives them a, a trio. They got Tristan Jari, Casey DeSmith, and Alex uh, Nedeljkovic mm-hmm. in goal now. So they do have some flexibility in rotating out who's in goal. Mm-hmm. But Jari's the only one signed for um, longer yeah. than next season. So I think this is a mental thing of, hey, chill, play your game. It's not like we're going to ship you out at the trade deadline or something. Is that contract movable? Like uh, in terms of trade clauses? He has a 12-team no trade clause. Okay, so it is movable. But, hmm, I'm, yeah, I don't know. I'm perplexed by this just because all I've heard, well, especially all I've seen in terms of highlights and stuff from Jari, at least recently, it's not been good. It's not, I mean, yeah, because when it's he not makes, been bad, but it's not been great. It's not cup winning. Jari's that goalie when he makes a highlight reel, it's not for a good reason. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. When he's at his best, he's unremarkable and he saves what he should save. Should, should they have been petty? Should Kyle Dubas have been petty and just taken uh, Ilya Samsonov instead? I don't know. The name I thought would be coming here would be Connor Hellebuck. Oh, yeah. Who wants to be out of Winnipeg. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, but I think, right. <laughs> I think Hellebuck wants a long-term deal, which I think Pittsburgh... <laughs> Five years is pretty long, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, but I think um, Hellebuck wants a max. Oh, man. Which is like, uh, what, seven. eight by eight? I, I don't know. I'd have to double-check, but yeah. I think he wants like at least seven years, right? Oh, man. Which I don't think Pittsburgh was willing to commit to. Somehow, I think that would have been a better deal than Tristan Yari at five, deals, five years, though. I don't yeah. know, like, because Hellebuck would have, so he's won two Vesnas, or he's won a Vesna, been nominated one. for the other? One. Okay. Um, so let's say, theoretically, he's going to get paid six, seven, seven mil a year, and he wants, whatever, seven, seven years, eight years. I'm taking that over Tristan Yari, because at least he's proven that he's earned that contract. I don't know what the hell Tristan Yari has done to actually earn this contract, to be mm-hmm. completely blunt. Um, Obviously, I hope he proves me wrong. I hope maybe you're right. Maybe it is the whole mental thing, but I don't know. I, if, I'm Peng, if I'm a Penguins fan, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about this signing. Granted, that is e- easy to move. So mm-hmm. The um, other thing you should be worried about is if you got Tristan Jari in net, how are you going to handle Eric Carlson not playing defense? Oh, yeah. You want to talk about Carlson and Yeah, yeah, we probably should. Yeah, Eric Carlson. So... I think we can uh, safely assume that the Norris Trophy goes to the defenseman with the most points because uh, defense doesn't friggin' matter anymore. <laughs> yeah, he, he, didn't play, he does not play defense. No. He is an offensive quarterback. Yes. He is. Uh, but he's damn good at it. Yes, he is Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Um, and the issue, I mean, the dude has literally admitted to not skating backwards very often because he's not good at it. Uh, so, yeah. Not, yeah also, not great at defense. I think since his ankle injury, he has trouble skating <clears throat> backwards. Makes right? sense. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. But. Offense is his strong suit. He just does it really well from at or at the blue line. <laughs> that's yeah. his that's his strong suit. He he just piles on assists. Yes. You know, he can find an open man. He can set up you up for a tip. Mm-hmm. When he shoots, I I love how watching how hard and how low he yeah. shoots. It's like primed for deflections and bounces. Yeah. If only they still had Joe Pavelski. Yeah. The, <laughs> were they together for one season? Yeah. And they when, do it all the time. That was the season they went to uh the Western Conference, right? Against the Blues. Yes, yeah. When they had Burns and Carlson and Pavelski just tipping everything? Yeah. Yeah. And hand-passing things? Yeah. So, given the right system, Eric Carlson can fit in 
Yeah. Um, the two teams that are in are Pittsburgh, who seems to be the front runner, and Carolina. Yeah. Carolina seems questionable because they already got Brent Burns, and we saw in San Jose, it didn't work for very long. No. Unless they're planning on moving Burns to forward or something like that. Which I think they should. But, but um, we'll see. Yeah. Pittsburgh is also interesting because they got Chris Letang. Yeah. Who is... It's a different game than Carlson's. Yeah. And but also... Yeah, they've 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 paid for Ryan Graves since we've already talked about it. Um unless he is part of the trade deal to San Jose. Um I, does Eric Carlson even going to Pittsburgh make any sense at this point? Are they trying to like really just get like a good defensive core or at least have that offensive D man? I don't know if they have an offensive D man. The the closest they have is Chris Letang, right? Yeah, which is not Eric Carlson, yeah. respectfully. <laughs> so I yeah, I don't know. I, I think th- they have to get rid yeah. of salary if they're going to take him. They're over the cap. So Graves, who, who are they ditching? Graves is an, is the easy one in my opinion. Yeah. The other options are you know someone like Jan Ruda or Jeff Petrie, but Jeff Petrie also has a trade mm-hmm. clause. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, I I'm just trying to see what the likeliness of this trade even happening is. I I really don't think it's happening. Uh, between two teams, I do think a third team has to get involved. I don't see how it happens any other way mm-hmm. but if i had to predict uh, assuming obviously he does get traded this this offseason i think it's going to be some team that's coming out of the blue out of nowhere i i'd like some team that that is just completely under the radar somehow going to take them um couldn't tell you which one it is at all i have no idea well see the thing is eric carlton himself has a no trade clause so he's only going to trade to go to a contender right but uh, even then is, i'm sure pittsburgh and carolina are on that list but Somehow, I feel like even Seattle was in the running for a while. Yeah. So I, I just don't, I don't know. I somehow I think a third team does needs to get involved. Otherwise, this trade won't happen. Um, yeah. You and need it's something bring, that's not in the r- rumors. Yes. Yeah. So you need to bring in someone like Arizona who has cap room, right, <laughs> to hold some cap for Carlson. Yeah. His biggest thing is that he has eleven point five cap hit. Yeah. And as good as he is, he's not worth eleven five right now. He's worth around eight, maybe. And you if, think so? That little. Eight? Not yeah. like nine five or ten even, maybe for pushing it. Yeah, but I think because of the situation San Jose is in, and they know they're up against the wall here. Yeah, teams are going to want him for less, right? Yeah, they won't even want him for less than eight. They'd want yeah. If you can get Eric Carlson around seven or six, oh, teams will steal that. Yeah, Absolutely, that's that's what they want. Yeah, right. So when they say they want San Jose to retain more, if San Jose retains the full fifty percent, mm-hmm. that's uh would be. Six ish, six two five, six two five, yeah, or or five five seven five. I think it is actually. Yeah, yeah. math is not our strong suit. <laughs> no, it is. Not. But uh, five seven five, right? Yeah. So, um, if you can get calls for that, that's what teams are looking for, right? Mm-hmm. That's the best case scenario. Worst case scenario is you have to take the full eleven five. Yeah. So you want something in the middle, which is like seven ish. Yeah. Right. But that's also like that's basically. I'm pretty sure he was on a six nine contract before this one that he signed the eleven yeah. five. So they're basically getting 2017 Carlson back. Yeah, that's the, what teams want. Yeah, but uh, why, why do we have to deal with it? Because we we gave the 11 the point five, and now we're stuck that's with it. That's Doug Wilson's fault. He left, man. Oh, <laughs> God. And Greer has to clean up the mess. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Damn. So San Jose is not at an advantage here. Yeah. Right? Carlson decides where he wants to go. Teams can ask for how much they want to retain because they don't really need him. Yeah. It's a nice to have. Yeah. And San Jose needs to get out of this contract because they want to use their cap space to get picks and prospects. So let me ask you, actually, in this case, if you're Mike Greer, are you going to essentially 
pull a Joe Sackick and just keep waiting, keep waiting until somebody bites the bait for that Matt Duchesne trade and then kind of rebuild or speed run your rebuild around that? Or is, or no. is it you have to do it now? I'd retain more and get rid of him now. Why? If I have to retain up to 40%, I would do it. Because Eric... 40? 40%, yeah. Why? Would, because we need this contract off the books. And 5.75 million cap space to San Jose is worth a lot more than having Eric Carlson around right now. But how? Like I, because if you... Let's say, worst case, you retain 50% on Carlson, right? That yeah. means you're still paying him 5.75. You free up 5.75 cap space. That is cap space you can use for other teams to take on that contract, dead contract at the deadline mm-hmm. and get picks and prospects for next year's draft. Mm. Will Smith, who the Sharks drafted this year, is probably not going to play this year. No. Right. Um, so that means you have one more draft before you want to start building your way toward playoffs. Yeah. You need as many picks in that draft as you can get. Mm-hmm. Or you need prospects. Yeah. I think we should take either at this point. Yeah. And how do you get them? Mm-hmm. You go to contending teams and say, hey, I'll take that bad contract off your books. So the San Jose can use that 5.75 million right now. And if you wait, you are not going to get a trade for Carlson. He just won the freaking Norris trophy. Yeah. After everyone called him washed though. Yeah. And everybody knows that this is a risk. Yeah. But teams that want to win are more likely to take a risk. Yeah. Right. So you want to capitalize on that. Yeah. See, even if you have to retain more. Yeah. The difference between this and Joe Sackick is he's not Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne was like, in his prime at that point. Yeah. And he didn't have the injury history that Carlson does. Yeah. That's fair. That is very true. I, cause the reason I was like on the fence about this, about like, you know, retaining that much 40% is because you have, I, the, you still have the terrible, like, let's, for example, Mark Edward Vlasic contracts, Logan Couture contracts, not looking too great either right now. Um, so like you have, you still have these other bad contracts. Um, so that's why I'm wondering if we wait out a little bit, those contracts will somewhat expire a little, at least a little bit more. And then if you get a fat haul in return, then sure, those, those, those other vet contracts that still need to expire before we can actually truly restart a rebuild are a little bit more past. And then we also have this hopefully young haul of, of picks or uh, prospects coming back. But you, that haul of picks and prospects is not guaranteed. If Carlson true. starts the first 10 games, it does not put up 10 points. That was, oh. you, you've already shaved off, what, 2 million? Damn, you're right. Just do it now. This is a gamble you for sure. You should have done it at the trade deadline. Yeah. Do it now. Oh, man. We could have gotten such a huge haul at the trade deadline, too. Yeah, this is, this is definitely a gamble. But uh, like, I understand why Greer is pushing to retain less. I get it. You want all the cast space you can, and it's for four years. Yeah. And I think they're hoping to be contending within that window. Yeah. But in reality, you're not. You don't think? No, like you just said, Vlasic, until Vlasic That's is true. off the books, <laughs> I'm not counting true. anything. That is true. Yeah, that contract is horrendous. Yeah, that might and actually be the worst contract. Knowing the San Jose Sharks luck, if we keep Carlson, he'll put up another 100-point season, but if you trade him, he'll turn back into a pumpkin. True. That's just the Sharks curse. I, I think you meant the other way around, right? No, I mean, he'll put up another 100-point season on the Sharks, and we will, won't get as good of a pick because uh-huh. we're still losing, but not losing as badly because of him. Mm. But then if we trade him, it'll oh, just be terrible. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I can see that happening again. This is just the Sharks thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a good way to, to look at it. I, th- I definitely think, right, yeah, this, this trade, cause I, I didn't even think about that. If he goes, not even that, if he gets injured in like training camp, 
shoot, then we're, <laughs> yeah. The more time he spends on San Jose, the more, the less you're going to get for him. Yeah, he is fragile. Unfortunately, he is, he is injury prone. Um, like, if you don't trade him this offseason, you're guaranteeing on him putting up another Norris caliber season and dumping him at the deadline. Yeah. Do you really want to take that chance? No, that's a huge risk. Because at this point, a lot of, the, I, I think it's safe to say a lot of, not just the, Sharks fans, but like a lot of the personnel probably didn't expect this from Eric Carlson at all this type of season. I don't think Eric Carlson expected this. Right. And so like get it when it's hot type of deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man. Uh, yeah. I think for the sake of San Jose, they need to complete something by probably not even, I don't even think you can wait till August at this point. So. Yeah. And, but like I said, they don't hold a card. Yeah. Everybody else does. Yeah. So. Unfortunately, we're going to have to sit and wait and see that one. Yeah, I'm going to twiddle my thumbs on this one. This is probably, I would argue, this is the biggest, uh, not free agent signing, but definitely the biggest name available this offseason. Yep, yep, I would agree. Well, we shall see. Yeah. Uh, we'll keep podcasts coming. We'll keep an eye on Eric Carlson mm-hmm. until that's going on. Um, you got anything else for this episode? Not really. Uh, interested to see how, how, how much more this plays out. Interested to see the, the Rangers and Penguins and Maple Leaf situations. Um, and obviously see how the Eric Carlson trade goes down. But yeah, I think really all we can do is smile and wait, boys. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, (laughs) This has been Glass Seats. You can catch us on Spotify, Apple, and Google. We are out every week, uh, wherever you listen. If you can give us a rating, review, leave a comment, it really helps us out. Mm -hmm. You can also catch us on YouTube at Spud Network Podcast is the handle. It's been great. We'll see you in the next episode, guys. Bye. Peace.